we've begun this series out of 1 John. We'll be, we'll be going over to 2nd and 3rd John as well, but we'll be spending a little time in 1 John as we talk about who Jesus is. One of the main focuses we're going to be looking at throughout this next year is the fact of getting to know him. We're going to study about Jesus. Several weeks ago, I told you last week that the Lord laid on my heart that we come to church, if we're not careful, we'll come to church week in and week out, and we, we're all accustomed to who Jesus is. We're all accustomed to how we do church. Does that make sense? But do we actually really know who Jesus is and what he means to us? Now, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to dive into this thing because as God's people, there's week in and week out. You have to understand, week in and week out, we have people to come and sit on our pews and sit in our seats that, that they come to church out of tradition. They come to church based upon mama and daddy, what mama and daddy taught them, or maybe what grandma and grandpa taught them, but they really do not have a relationship with Christ. We say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because of phone calls I received and people that have come and talk to me in the office and give me issues and problems and I say, well, are you, are you reading your word? No, I'm not, I'm not picking up the word. I just, I just listen to you read the word on Sunday mornings. Well, that's not a relationship with Christ. Is that okay? That's not a relationship. And so in our, in our Wednesday night studies, we want to find out who he is and what he means to us as his people and what it means to us as we have fellowship, not only with Christ, but with one another. How many knows we need each other? We need each other. But not only do we need one another, we need Jesus to be in our midst, right? We need Jesus to be in our midst. And, and, if, and, if, and if we as the church... There's people every Sunday that's coming to our church looking at us. They're examining us. Who are we? Who are those people that call themselves Christian? So are we lining up everything? Now let me, let me hit on a rabbit track, okay? Is that okay? Sometimes you get in trouble if you get on those rabbit tracks. If we call ourselves Christians, are we, are we lining ourselves up with everything the Word is trying to tell us? Which means, and, and, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up because I was talking about this, matter of fact, I was on the phone several times today talking with a pastor concerning tithing within the church. Well, let's, let's, let's just break it down to where we are. How many of you, and I don't want you to raise your hand because it may scare me. How many of you believe in tithing? You don't have to say anything, but I appreciate it. I'm glad you do. How many of us believe that the Word of God tells us to tithe, Right? Matter of fact, let's go down a little further. How many of you would believe me if I told you that the Word of God commands us to tithe? And it also tells us if we do not tithe, we are what? We are robbing God. It also goes so far as to tell us that if we tithe, the Bible says that see if I'll not, he says, prove me, says the Lord, and see if I'll not, see if I'll not open up the windows of heaven for you that I'll pour you down blessing that you cannot receive. Okay, is that okay? So let's break it down a little more. So if we believe that God tells us to tithe, does that mean if we get paid every week of a year, which means 52 weeks in the year, that we're only supposed to tithe 30 weeks? Well, God, I've met you halfway. Would it be interesting if we get before the Lord one day and we stand before him and say, well, if you'd have met me the other way, you could have come on in. But since you didn't, you didn't listen to my command. 
I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, when Vonda and I was growing up and Lynn was growing up, dad and mom had some commands as far as mother and father, if you'll allow me to put it that way, that we could do and some things we couldn't do. Brother Keith, if I found myself doing those things that I couldn't do, dad was going to give me a whooping. <laughs> Y'all get little spanks, but we got whoopings when I was growing up. Okay? We got in trouble, right? There were some things we were not allowed to do. And, and, and many of you are the same way. There was, there, was, there was criteria. There were commands of the home. And we knew to not, to, not to break those things because we would get in trouble. Well, we know according to Scripture that God is a loving God. You say, Pastor, I believe that with all of my heart, but boy, I made a big boo-boo last year in 2018. I only was able to tithe 45 weeks. What should I do? Repent. <laughs> and do better this coming year. I'm not going to judge you. Okay, I'm, I'm not here to judge. I didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm using that as something that we can, we can identify with. All right, but there's other things in Scripture concerning the love of God and the kindness of God and being a good steward of what God has blessed us with. If we do not follow what the Word tells us to follow, are we obedient and do we know Him like we say we know Him? Are we going to follow Him like He wants us to follow Him? Look with me, if you will, in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5 talking about fellowshipping with him and with one another. The Bible says this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So if we say that we've got fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. How many knows that as God's people, we have an opportunity to walk in the light every day? The light of the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ. We don't have to, we don't have to live in darkness. How many are you thankful that God delivered you from the darkness? Amen of sin. The grip of sin, the hold of sin that's on your life. It's amazing to me. It, it, and uh, this week has sort of been an unusual week. Uh, I, you know, I've, 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 I've run several uh, errands around town, but every time I've left this week, uh, Brother Dwayne or Brother Caleb or somebody, when I get back, say, Look, you've had people, person after person, waiting uh, to come into your office and talk to you that's needing some help with utilities or needing some food or whatever. And this really, this was a, sort of an odd time of the month for folks to do that. Typically, it's always the first of the month or close to the end of the month when things seem to run a little, 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 little shy. And so this is a weird, weird timing of, the, of, of January of people coming. But every time somebody comes, it's always problem after problem after problem. And what I'm saying is sometimes if we're not careful, the, the darkness of the world will get a grip on us and we cannot seem to get out of the rut that we find ourselves in. 
We cannot seem to get out of the darkness that the enemy wants to keep us in. And so we have to understand as God's people, you and I, we have an opportunity to live, I said live, not just, not just get by. I'm talking life. Life is a precious thing, right? Life is a wonderful thing. But we have an opportunity to live in the light every day. Amen. We have an opportunity to enjoy, as we said the last couple of services, the fullness of joy every day. I'm not saying that we don't have issues that we have to deal with. I'm not saying that there's not problems sometimes that we have to walk through and problems that we don't have to deal with. But even in the midst of all of that, Sister Mary, I can still have the fullness of joy. I can still have the light of the gospel living in my heart. I still can have Jesus Christ reigning in my soul and reigning in my spirit. And even though I pray, God, I don't know how you're going to show this to me. I don't know how you're going to get me out of this. All I know is I'm going to put my faith in you and you will take care of it. I was talking to somebody. Matter of fact, he was, in, he was a guy that was in Dwayne's office today. We happened to be in there talking. There's a guy come in. If I told you your name, you'd know him. But he come in and he made this statement. He said, I just got to the place in my life that, that, I, that, I, that I finally believe God. When he said, and he was an older guy, that when he said, I finally got to the place that I believe God, that when God said he's going to take care of me, I just said, okay, God, I just believe you. Boy, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if all of God's people just get to the place where we decide, hey, God, you can take care of us if you want to. And he does. He wants to take care of us. But this is how we, this is how we roll sometimes. Here's the 23rd Psalm, sort of changed a little bit. The TV is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down on the sofa. He leadeth me away from faith. It destroys my soul. It leads me into the paths of sex and violence for my sponsor's sake. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of my Christian responsibilities, there is no interruption, for the TV is with me. Its cables and remote control, they comfort me. It prepareth a commercial for me in the presence of worldliness. It anointeth my head with humanism and consumerism, and my cup runneth over. Surely laziness and ignorance shall follow me all the days of my life, and I dwell in the house just watching TV all the time. Now that's funny, and we laugh at that, but do you understand that that's the state that many people live in day after day? Really? Day after day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 tells us this. Be very careful then. I want you to hear this scripture. You've heard it many times, but listen to it. Be very careful then how you live. That's what the word is telling us. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is. And so in other words, instead of contributing to the world's evil, we should be doing what God wants us to do, right? We should be aligning ourselves up to the master and his word and following the principles that he set forth. Sometimes we think it's hard to do that, Brother Adam, but it's not. It's not hard to follow the principles that God has ministered to you. How many of you are thankful that you're not in jail tonight? 
How many of you are thankful that you're not strung out on drugs and alcohol tonight? How many of you are thankful that you're in your right mind tonight, that you're not in some institution or asylum somewhere, not understanding anything about you and around you, but God has got you here in his presence, in the fullness of joy, ready to be in the light and receive the word of God tonight? Amen. Well, that's something we ought to be, we ought to be excited about. The message that the world is declaring is many things today. This is, this is some of the things that the world tells us. Enjoy life. Take it easy. Watch all the television you want to. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. We've heard that statement before. It simply means to enjoy yourself to the hilt because when we die, that's all she wrote. But how many knows that's not all she wrote? How many knows that's just the beginning? James tells us our life is but a vapor. It appeareth a little while, and then it vanishes away. Do you understand, and, and I, I know this is real simple teaching right here, very basic, but, but listen to me. Do you understand that we will live somewhere forever? We will live somewhere forever. There's two places we're going to abide. We're either going to abide in heaven, that Jesus, that place that he's preparing for us, or we're going to live in hell where the devil's supposed to be, right? Well, I don't know about you, but I've read the scriptures about heaven and hell. I like heaven better. I like heaven better. I told you Sunday, I mentioned, I think it was Sunday that was talking about sin and, and, and something about that, and I made a statement that startled a, a two or three people that sin is fun. Would, everybody, would anybody agree with me? Think back when you as a sinner. Sin's fun, but it's temporal. It's seasonal. Sin will mess you up. Sin will cost you a bunch of stuff. Sin will eat your life away. It will not prolong your life. Sin will corrupt you, and it'll bring forth, the Bible tells us, sin brings forth death. That's what it brings forth. But the gift of God is life, eternal, abundant life. And so I like heaven. I like the story of heaven. I like the story of the abundant life even, even more. So this world's message is many things, but you cannot be taken in by what the world says. Ephesians 5 and 8 says this, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light, light consists in all God goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find what pleases the Lord, the Bible says. Find out those things that pleases the Lord. There was a there was a story I read I read the other day about a, about a terrible accident, which uh, which uh, where several youth in this accident was was killed uh, with their car that was struck by a train. And uh, at the trial, the watchman the, the at, at the train station, the watchman was questioned, and the question was this: He said, "Were you at the crossing the night of the accident?" And the, and the watchman said, yes, your honor, I was. And the, and the judge says, well, were you waving your lantern to warn of the danger? And he said, yes, your honor, I, I, was. This, I was. I was waving I was waving the lantern. But after the trial had ended, the watchman walked away, and this is what he mumbled to himself. He said, I'm glad that they didn't ask me about the light in the lantern because the light had gone out. Now think about that. Just a second. Because you and I, we, we attribute ourselves, and the scripture attributes us to, to being light in the darkness. To being light in the darkness. And if you and I, if you and I are not aligning ourselves up with the word of God, 
as Christians are supposed to be, living an example to everybody that we're around each and every day, then how can they look at the light within us if all they see is darkness? Now let's just preach to us because we're the church. I can't tell you how many times, and, it's, and I don't like hearing this, but I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to my office and say, Pastor, I'd come to church, but there's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. Well, how do you think that makes me feel as a pastor? How do you think that makes me feel as a Christian? And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about churches. It, the churches sometimes are too hypocritical. Then why are we that way? We've got to ask ourselves that. Why are we that way? Why are we judgmental at times? Why do we gossip at times? Why do we backbite at times? Why do we get angry at times? Why do we show ourselves, and y'all know what I mean by that, at times? <laughs> Why do we allow, and, you, and, and I, I understand the, the, the answer to some of that, Brother Adam, to some extent, we're carnal. We were born in sin, so if we're not careful, sometimes that carnal nature wants to arise within us, and we have to push it back down. The spirit man has to arise, but the only way the spirit man or the spirit woman can get bigger than the carnal man or the carnal woman is to dive into the word of God and let your relationship with God be of such to where you're going to rise above that thing. Amen? Is that good? All right. So the question is then, has our light gone out as God's people? Has our light gone out? Because we, we, we have our days when, when and we've got to be honest with ourselves, sometimes, Paul, we have our days when our light just simply ain't shining. Right? It's just simply not shining. And so we have to, we have to, we have to reignite the light. And we can't be taken in by the world. We've got to declare the message of the Lord and about Jesus Christ. And so what's the message of 1 John uh, chapter 1, this, this, uh, this, uh, verses 5 through 10, Pastor? Well, the, the Scripture tells us there is no darkness in God. And I'm sorry about the screens. The computer is not working tonight. It's all right. I have the Scriptures up there for you. There, there's no darkness in God. There's no darkness in God. You understand? There's no darkness in him. My Bible tells me that when we get to heaven, there's going to be no need of light because he is the light. <laughs> there's going to be no darkness in heaven. Amen. Y'all have heard me say this. I don't, maybe I've said it before. I don't know. I go over to mom and dad sometimes, and, and they're sitting there in the dark with one little lamp on. I said, y'all need some light therapy. Turn some lights on in this place. You know? And, it's, and I do the same thing of a morning. I'll get up of a morning. And I won't turn any light on. I'll just go sit in there and I'll get my little foot massager out. Karen got me for Christmas. And I'll plug it up and I'll have the little the, the news on. And that's all the light. And Karen sometimes, let's happen, I think this week a couple of times, she'll walk, she'll walk in and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing nothing. I'm just enjoying my time this morning. But, you know, turn some, get some light on. Jesus, there's no darkness in light. What's the message, Pastor? We've got to understand that we, if we claim to know God, then act like it. Act like it. I've heard somebody say this before. Said so just because you can get in a piece of clothing don't, need to, don't mean you need to wear it. <laughs> Let me give you another thing. Just because you claim to know Christ don't mean you do. 
It's amazing to me. It, it, it's amazing to me. Everybody that come in my office this week, everybody, every one of them, it, it sort of blew me away a little bit. Every person that come to my office this week so far, this is just Wednesday, said, Pastor, what time does your church start? I pull out a card, I give it to them. So Wednesday night we start at 7 o'clock, we do a Bible study. Sunday morning we have Sunday school at 9.30 and we have a church at 10.30. We'd love for you to come. We're going to be there. I ain't saw them yet. But they wanted a card. And they wanted to know what time. Well, now, I, I'm not even going to go into all that. But we, just because we claim to know God doesn't always necessarily mean we do. So we've got to act like who we are in Christ. Sometimes we've got to confess. We've got to repent. Sometimes we've got to go back to the Father and we've got to say, Lord, let your mercy and grace be applied to me because I blew it this time. I messed up. I blew it. Forgive me. Help me to learn better. Give me strength. Let faith arise in me. Let the love of Christ shine through me. If I need to go back and get forgiveness, God, help me to do that. Help me to forgive. Help me to, to forgive those that offended me, whatever the case. But God, help me to do that. There is no darkness in God. Verse 5, that's the, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, no darkness, no sin, no error, nothing evil is in God. He's all love, amen? He's all love. He's all love. One soldier one time made a statement said in, our, in, in basic training, he said the first sergeant made things very clear to us, he said. And the first sergeant told him this. He said, don't question anything I say or tell you to do. That's what he told the recruits. Don't question anything I say or tell you to do. Don't worry. I hardly ever make mistakes, this sergeant said. He said, as a matter of fact, I've only made one mistake, and I, and I once thought I was wrong about something, and it turned out I wasn't. So don't ever question anything that I do. There's a lady by the name of, uh, of Donna that said this, the wheel of my grocery cart, we said, was making a terrible scraping sound and I, as I rolled it through the supermarket. She said, nevertheless, when I finished my shopping and saw this, this, uh, this uh, cartless woman, he said, I offered it to her explaining it makes an awful noise. It works, but it works, she said. The lady said, that's okay. She said, I've got a husband at home that does the same thing. What are you talking about, Pastor? If we really think about it, if every one of us is like that. We work at times, but we often make mistakes, and we often make, we often make an awful noise because of the carnal nature that's in us, the sinful nature that's in us. Again, there's times I have to suppress this old sinful man that wants to arise up within me. There's times I have, to, I have to take it by the throat, you know, and say, no, no, you're not coming out this time. And we're relying on the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to minister to us simply because there is no darkness in Christ. The Bible says we are a new creature. We're a new creature. Old things, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become what? New. We'll say, Pastor, you don't know my life and you don't know what I've done even this year or even back in 2018. What in the world should I do? I just told you earlier, just repent. Quit making it harder than it is. Don't allow the devil to beat you up over this stuff over and over and over again. Just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. My Bible says when I do this, Sister Pat, that he's faithful and just to hear me of that. 
He's able to forgive me. He's able to restore me. He's able to, to get me back on the path that I need to be. As I spoke to you about Sunday, make sure you're on the right path. Determine the path that you want to make in 2019. If it wasn't in 2018, forget about the past. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking a little bit about that this coming Sunday. Relinquish that stuff. Release that stuff. Quit holding on to those things that had you down. Let it go. Let it go. And allow the love of the Lord to shine through. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 the Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become righteousness of God. There was no sin in, in Christ. And so if there's no sin in Jesus, then there is no sin in God the Father, right? Because they're, they're one. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is, who is tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. 1 Peter 2 and 21 said this, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you as an example, that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to one, to him, who judges justly. Can we all testify that that's, have we done that before? Are we that faithful? Are we that good? The scriptures tells us that Jesus never sinned. He never sinned. There's only one that hadn't done that. That's Christ. So that message is there's no darkness in God. There's no message in, in Jesus Christ. You and I, we serve a Savior who is perfect. I wish Karen could say she has married a perfect husband, but she can't say that. No comment, Karen. I wish I could say that I married a perfect wife, but I can't say that. Your family members could, can say the same thing that Karen and I could say. There, well, there's none perfect among us, but there is one who is perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, and so there's no darkness in the Lord. There's no darkness. And so the message is he is our hope tonight. He is our Savior tonight. People can slam us all they want to, but God's still on the throne. You understand? People can talk about you all they want to, but he's still on the throne. You're still his child. People can try to, to mess you up all they want to, but God is still on your side. He's still got your best interest at heart. He still cares about you. He still loves you. He still is for you. Amen. And when I lean it and when I give it all over to God, just like this man today in the office said, I finally got to the place where I'm just going to let God just take care of me. Just take care of me, God. Just take care of me. Well, that, 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 don't you understand when, when we reach that place, we won't have to worry about a whole lot anymore, would we? We don't have to worry about a whole lot. One of the things that I said earlier is about claiming to know God doesn't mean that you do. When you look at verse 6, it tells us about this. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, Yet we walk in darkness, then we lie, and we don't live by the truth. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us, cleanses us, in other words, from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10 says, if we claim that we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his, and his word has no place in our lives. His word has no place in our lives. 
Now listen to this. I, I didn't know this before. I read this just this week. Brad Pitt. How many knows who Brad Pitt is? He's the good-looking guy on television. Sometimes that you, sometimes you ladies, you know, drool over. <laughs> I ain't done no study about Brad Pitt, but this is what they said about Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was in a, was a, was in a magazine. He'd done a, he'd done a story in a magazine. He grew up in Springfield, Missouri, the oldest of three children in a conservative Southern Baptist family. His mother was a school counselor. His father ran a trucking company. He said, my dad made sure our needs were met. He says, I had a very loving family. When he speaks of his childhood, his voice softens with the accent of, his, of the youth, the column said. He said, I always had a lot of questions about the world, even in kindergarten. The big question to me was fairness. If I'd grown up in some other religion, would I get the same shot at heaven as a Christian has? Now he's talking about this and, and thinking about these things. He said, my mom would come into my room and talk to me. I was very fortunate to have a dialogue with her, but in high school, I started to realize that I felt differently from others. I went to Springfield's uh, 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 Kickapoo High, excelling at school debates and sports. As, as he got older, the column said, his religious doubts increased. He said, I had, crisis, I had a crisis of faith. I thought you had to experience things if you want to know the right from wrong. I'd go to Christian revivals and be moved. Listen, this is Brad Pitt speaking about this. I'd go to Christian revivals and be moved by the Holy Spirit. I'd go to rock concerts and feel the same fervor. Think about it. And then I'd be told, that's the devil's music. Don't partake in that. I wanted to experience things religion said not to experience. He said, by the time I entered college, uh, uh, I, I, I had fundamentalist beliefs. When I got untethered from the comfort of religion, it wasn't a loss of faith for me at all. It was a discovery of self. He said, I had faith that I'm capable enough to handle any situation. There's peace and understanding that I have only one life here and now, and he said, I'm the one responsible. Now, I don't know if you like Brad Pitt or not, but this guy had a serious problem. He had a serious problem. Somehow or another, he, had, he got off track in regard to who Christ is and what his relationship meant and Christianity is all about. He got off track. Now, whether Hollywood done it or not, I don't know. But somewhere along the line, and the reason I read this little story to you because we're the same way if we're not careful, somewhere along the line we'll get off track whether it's forgiveness or unforgiveness, whether it's somebody that hurt us in the church, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard that. Now, look, as, as, as God's people and as Christian people and mature uh, men and women of God, we, we're going to have to grow up. I'm not meaning that to be ugly. <clears throat> in any institution you want to find yourself, in any workplace, whatever, you're always going to find somebody that's going to rub you the wrong way. I don't care where you go. I don't care where you go. Sister Barron, I'm a likable guy, but everybody don't like me. I'm glad you do. It's unbelievable, isn't it? But everybody don't like me. I'm okay with that. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go to sleep tonight. I'm still going to get up in the morning. It's okay. I, I get it. Everybody's not going to like you. There's always going to be somebody that's going to come against you. There's always going to be somebody to talk about you, to say ugly things about you to disrupt who you are and how you feel as you are a person. 
but he got off. It got off somewhere, and if we're not careful, we'll be the same way, especially in the church house. The, 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 the church folk, they didn't, they didn't treat me right. The pastor didn't call me when I asked him to call me. He didn't, he didn't call my name. He didn't, he didn't give me a call. He didn't come visit me in the hospital. And on and on and on we could go about things that really disturb and bother us. Now, I'm trying to be real careful right here because I've got a bunch of stuff I could say that I could step on some toes big, big, big time. But I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm trying to draw us in to where we are as God's people. You say, Pastor, you act like you're perfect. No, I'm, I, no if, I, if, I, if that's the way you feel, I'm not. I can tell you. I'm sort of like Paul. I have to bring this body under subjection daily. <laughs> Lest when I preach to others, I myself will become a castaway, he said. Okay? So I don't think none of us has arrived. If you have, then come and talk to me tomorrow. I'd love to talk to you. We've not arrived, but we're getting there. We've not arrived, but we're learning. We've not arrived, but God's still good. We've not arrived, but the love of God is still wonderful in our hearts. And we must, we must dive into what the Word is teaching us and telling us as God's people. We have to. If we're going to be a success in our Christian walk, we need to know what the Word of God is, is saying. Amen? If we're going to be a success in our Christian walk, we've got to spend some time in prayer. If we're going to be a success in our relationship with the Lord, we've got to spend some time with Jesus. Simple as that. We've got to spend some time with him. But somehow along the way, something went wrong and convinced this guy that what God says in his word simply does not count. And how many knows his word does count? God's word counts. His word counts. We've we got to know that there, there's more to this thing than just how we feel at times. Okay? <clears throat> there's, a day, there's days we all feel lousy. There's days that we all don't want to talk to anybody. There's days that we just get up, as the old saying says, on the wrong side of the bed sometimes. And we just need to go back to bed and get up on the other side. You know, just simple as that. We all, we all, we all are, are part of that. But verse 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the, dark, in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we claim we have fellowship with him, if we claim we have fellowship with him, if we claim that we're in relationship with him, if we claim there's something between us, but yet we walk still in darkness... How are we outside the church? How do we respond? How do we act outside the church? <clears throat> There's big debates now in the church world where whether or not this is right or whether or not this is wrong. There's big debates right now where the tithing is right or wrong, if it's an Old Testament principle or a New Testament principle. There's, a, there's debates going on all around the world where, where drinking is right or wrong. There's debates all around the world about drug use and all these kind of things, whether it's right or wrong, and, 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 and you get involved in all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm just hitting those top three or four. But listen to me. You can pretty much line yourself, if you line yourself up with the Scriptures, you'll be okay. Okay, I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you what's going to keep you in and out of heaven. There is some things that will keep you out. There is, there is some of those things that we, that we could talk about. 
but just line yourself up and, and what kind of testimony are you living? When people see you outside of the, of the, of the house of God, wh- wh- where's your testimony? What's your testimony showing them? What's your testimony saying to them? What, you know, when they, when they call Keith's name or Marilyn's name or Paul's name and on and on we could go, if, if, somebody, if I go up to somebody, hey, do you know Keith Welch? Do you know, do you know Paul? Oh, yeah, I know I know. What are they saying? All right? What are they saying? Now, I know that depends on who you ask, too, probably. <laughs> but what are they saying? Verse 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we live and we do not live by the truth. And let, me, let me hurry up here. The word of God stands true. The word of God stands true. I'm not suggesting that there isn't darkness sometimes in our lives because there'll always, they'll always be the enemy trying to tempt us and there'll always be the enemy trying to try to get us to, 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 to change our thought process and change who we are. As God. The, the enemy's always going to do his work. We know that. But we've got to rise above. We've got to resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee from us, right? He'll flee from us. But the word of God getting back to who Jesus is, getting back to know him, the word of God still stands true, still stands true. And the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, the latter part of this, that, that we can walk in the light. And if we walk in the light, we are part of the family of God. How many knows that there's moments in your, in your Christian walk that there's times you have to get along with God and you have to confess some things to God? Yeah. Well, I do have to confess some things to God. Now, God already knows it, but it's, it really helps you to confess, right? But when, it, when you think about it, confession and, and walking in the light, really, it goes hand in hand. When you think about it, it goes hand in hand. The Bible says we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Purifies us from all sin purifies us. And so we, we've, got to, we've got to understand that when we find ourselves in this frame of mind where, where it seemed like the enemy is attacking us day in and day out, we still, Sister Marion, have to trust in God that he knows best. We have to, even though God may not be speaking, you know sometimes God doesn't speak. Even though God is not speaking, we still have to by faith Follow what we know to be true. Walk in the light. Do what's right. Do those things that are right in him. Amen. Do those things that are right. Many of you remember this. Some of you older folks, especially a guy by the name of Jim Baker. Anybody knows Jim Baker? Who used to uh, be over the PTO a club. Assembly of God, uh, minister, failed. And uh, he had a lot of things that was going on. One of the most vivid pictures or videos that you'll ever see of this guy. And I used to watch the PTL Club all the time, enjoyed the, the programs. But one of the most vivid uh, videos that you'll see was them dragging him out of the courthouse in, in uh, handcuffs, him weeping and crying and almost dragging him and putting him in the car. I mean, it was, it was one of those, those uh, stains, if you will, against Christianity. And it really speaks of all of us, really. It, it, you know, everybody seemed to look at that. Well, if, if Jim Baker could do this, all of y'all are that way. Jimmy Swaggart was another one of these guys. Used to love to watch Jimmy Swaggart programs. 
And I remember, I remember the day that he came up on Sunday morning. I turned the Jimmy Swaggart program on, and there he stands, weeping in tears, uh, apologizing for the, fa- the moral failure of this guy that was a that had that in my opinion that was reaching thousands upon thousands and that one moment in that one few minutes I'm not sure how many people left the faith because they had their eye on Jimmy Swaggart instead of God how many people left the faith because they had their eyes on Jim Baker instead of on God you remember Isaiah was that way right Isaiah said when Uzziah died, when he died, when he died, that's when I saw the Lord. That's when I saw the Lord. Now, Isaiah wasn't a bad guy, but he had his eyes on the wrong person. And so we've got to get our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim Baker said, he said he got out of prison in 1994. He wrote a book, and his book was entitled, I Was Wrong. Now, as far as I know, Jim Baker is, is remarried, and he's, he's, he's got his heart right with the Lord and doing well now, doing well. You know, he's got some, I think he's, I don't know if he's still over in Branson area, doing some shows over there, some Christian shows over there, but, uh, uh, but doing well. But God, God forgave him. God forgave him. Now, I'm not happy about those things, and I'm not happy about all the incidents, and, and they were a, a really a damage to the gospel. They hurt the witness of Jesus Christ. But if, we, if, if, if we're not careful, every one of us will do things that hurt Christ and our witness. How do we respond to our brothers and sisters? How are we responding to them? Are we loving them? Do you have a problem with color? Do you have a problem with race? Are we, or do we have a problem with, with the body of Christ? Because if you don't look like me, I don't want to go to church with you. Well, if, if, if you feel that way, honey, or sir... You better get it right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest with you. You need to get it right. I, I read that we're going to one heaven. And if I can't get along with you on earth, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to spend eternity with you because of my heart and because of my attitude. Now, and, and I'm, I'm fixing to close, but, but, but you know, we, we want to label this as a big sin and, and this is a big sin and all this is a big sin. But I want to tell you, there's some other big sins that we don't talk about a whole lot. Prejudice is one of them. How we treat one another is another one. Are we kind to each other? Do we love one another? Or is our love based upon how, they, how people treat us? Are you tithing to God or are you just tipping God? <laughs> I got that in there, Brother Cup. <laughs> That's an inside uh, story. <laughs> Now, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to anyway. In just a few we- a week or so, you'll be getting your, your, your Church of God contributions this year. You take a look at it, and then you decide, are you tithing to God or are you tipping God? Pastor, do you look at all them? I sure don't. I sure don't. You have to stand before the Lord for you. I ain't going to stand before the Lord for you. I got to stand before the Lord for me. <laughs> All right, so here we are. Are we, are, we, are we doing what God wants us to do? The wonderful thing about Jim Baker, Jim Swaggart, and you and I as well, we can repent and we can change. We can confess our sin no matter how large or no matter how small, and he will forgive us. He'll forgive us. I had a, I had a mother and, a, and a, young, a girl, 20 years old in my office today, matter of fact. 
we was talking a little bit about church. They asked me again what time your service has started and all that. Great, great couple, very nice couple, uh, uh, mother and daughter. Had a little bitty 10-month-old baby boy with them. And uh, we was talking about church. We was talking about that their need to be in church, all of those things. And, uh, uh, and she said, Pastor, what, what time does your church start? I, I told them. And uh, she said, well, you know, there's some things in my life that, that, uh, that I've done that I'm not, I'm not happy. I said, that's okay. I said, just come on. Well, I, I don't know that I will dress a price. I said, you look fine to me. Just come on. Just your, your, your jeans that you've got on, your T-shirt, it's fine. Just come on. And uh, I was talking to a lady the other day, and she, she brought up the, the, clothes, the clothes things. Uh, it was somebody that knew Brother Hattenhauer that was set under Brother Hattenhauer, and she looked at me, and, she, and after we got to talking about the clothes and, and what she needed to wear to church, I said, well, you're looking fine. She said, by the way, who are you? And I was sort of dressed like this right here. And I said, I'm a pastor. She said, she, and she, she had this, she said, you are? I said, yeah, sometimes I go to church dressed like this, and I, I, I preach. She said, you do? I said, yeah, there's sometimes I wear a suit, sometimes I wear blue jeans. I said, just, you're fine, just come on. Because people, they got this idea of how they're supposed to act like and look like and all this kind of stuff. Look, it's not our place to judge, folks. We don't, we've not walked in their shoes. And so we've got to accept and we've got to bring them in. But we can repent, we can change, we can confess. No matter how big, no matter how small, he'll forgive us. He'll, he, he, we can walk with him again. We can return uh, with him. He, he can, he'll, he'll walk with us. He'll grab us by the hand. All of those things, we can be in the light. We don't have to remain in darkness. We do not have to remain in darkness. Amen? We don't. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your many blessings tonight. We're so thankful for your touch upon our life. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us opportunity to, to speak your word tonight. I'm so humbled by that. I don't want to take anything, God, that you've given me to do for granted. Help me to be in the right mindset. Help my focus, my attitude to be right as I share, as I say the, some of the things that we say. God, I'm not, I'm not here to, to make me look big or others look small. That's not my point. We all stand at the foot of the cross. And it's through mercy and it's through grace that you've, that you've bought each and every one of us. And we're so thankful for that. I don't, I don't take it for granted. But God, you, you've laid on my heart this, this last year, at the end of the year, of, of getting ourselves just back to the basics, just getting ourselves back to who we are in you in our walk in you, in our relationship in you. Lord, do we make mistakes? Yeah, we do. Do we fall at times? Sure we do. But God, we can repent and we can ask you forgiveness and you're faithful and just, the Bible tells us. And you help us to overcome those things. Lord, you help us to climb those mountains. You help us to break through those walls at times. You help us to break out of our shell at times and, and be a blessing to others. Help us to continue to do that in 2019. And Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Help us as your people to walk in the light as you're in the light. We don't want to be in the darkness. We don't, we don't, we don't, uh, you didn't create us to be in the darkness. You created us to be in the light and to have fellowship and a fullness of joy with you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.